Man, love you guys. So excited to be here. Um, you are in for it. Um, so uh, if you didn't come to the nine, I'm assuming it's because you're not a morning person and I'm not a morning person. So that's awesome. Uh, but the greatest thing about that is the nine, um, they got like the preview, right? And we're getting the feature film today, extended edition, four and a half hour Lord of the... No, I'm just kidding. Um, just trying to, trying to worry you because it's Easter. Um, and I can do that. <laughs> they shouldn't give me a mic probably. Um, but this morning we're going to be in Mark 16. And I love just this morning and what we're going to talk about. I love the excitement that is Resurrection Day. Uh, some people call it Easter. There's a lot of people celebrating today and they just need to know what they're celebrating and, and the great thing is we're about to leave this place and we're going to know the story. So my charge to us today is we get caught up in family things and we get caught up in eating wherever we're eating is we, A, don't forget what a monumental thing God has done on planet Earth as he raised a dead man that was the son of God into life. And that B, we don't let one person we meet today not hear that story. Amen. Amen. So this morning, we're going to be in Mark 16, and I mean, I'm so excited about just what God's going to say, but I don't know if you were there or not, so we're going to catch you up a little bit. We've had a couple things happen in the past few days of Jesus' life. Friday, we celebrated um, Good Friday, which is amazing. Um, yeah, I'm Excited about that still. What an amazing thing to go in the middle of our city and just like plant a flag and call light out of darkness and say, you know what, even here out where everybody can see, we are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God to save. And I believe that for not only us, but for our city, for every person. God sent his son to save and he's making a way right now when it seems there is no way. So Friday, when we left, we left Jesus hanging on the cross. He's not been there the whole time, so don't worry. Uh, he actually, about 3 uh, p.m. Um, on what we celebrate as Good Friday, would have, would have died. Not went to sleep, not went from exhaustion and kind of passed out from the blood loss, but like the Son of God actually physically stopped breathing. He died. Like no heartbeat. He was a goner. At this point in time, we were just a few hours out from the Sabbath day, and the problem is all the people that could do anything at that point in time to bury Jesus only had a limited amount of time to bury Jesus. So Jesus died about 3 o'clock, and then uh, a man named Joseph of Arimathea, he went to Pilate, and he said, hey, uh, we need to get his body down off the cross. Would you please give me his body? I want to bury Jesus. Pilate, it says, was shocked that he died so quickly. Crucifixion was meant to last a very long time. After confirming with one of the people there, the commander of the people that were crucifying, executing Jesus, that Jesus was in fact dead, again, not fainted, executioner said, nope, he's out. After confirming that Jesus was in fact dead, he released the body to Joseph of Arimathea. They took the body, they wrapped it quickly, and they placed it in a tomb. And it happened to be Joseph of Arimathea's tomb. Jesus had to borrow a tomb because he wasn't going to be in one for very long. 
We were running out of time, so they rolled the stone in front of the uh, doorway, presumably so that after um, all the Sabbath time was over, this day of rest that God had proclaimed was over, they could come back and they could actually bury their friend Jesus. They went away that night and they did all the Sabbath things that you're supposed to do on the Sabbath day. It's a day of rest. You can't really do much of anything. There's like a limited number of steps you're even allowed to take. You're not allowed to work on the Sabbath day. So they Sabbathed, whatever that is. And as they were Sabbathing, um, the religious leaders, they went to Pilate, heard that they'd taken the body of Jesus off the cross and they'd put it in a, in a tomb and they'd rolled the stone away. They'd heard all these things go down and, and they went to Pilate and they said, hey, um, we remember... When this trickster was alive, he prophesied that he would be dead for three days and then he would resurrect or return. I kind of love this because the disciples not thinking about the resurrection. Religious leaders thinking about the resurrection. And they said, we don't want the disciples to come in and steal the body of Jesus and claim a resurrection. That wouldn't be good for you. It wouldn't be good for me. It's not going to be good for anybody. We do not want a resurrected Jesus because a resurrected Jesus will change things. And we don't want things to change. So Pilate said, okay, that's a, that's a great idea. We need to do something about that. Let's seal the tomb and put a little Pilate stamp on it. If you come in this tomb, we're going to kill you. So they sealed the tomb, and then just to kind of make the point, they, they put some guards there. These were Roman soldiers. These were not like um, some guy they found down on the side of this corner, and they were like, ah, you can be there. And here's a quarter. Stand here for a little bit. These were trained killers, war machines, that are here blocking the tomb so that the disciples weren't coming in to take the body of Jesus. Can I just let you know, the disciples, fishermen, tax collectors, nerds like me, not coming to take down the army of Rome. Can't do it. You standing at the door of the machine gun, I'm going to let you be, right? Same. So they stand there and they stand guard over, over this tomb. And that's kind of where we leave the story or enter the story, I guess, in Mark 16. Jesus is in the tomb. Guards are in front of the door. And now we're exiting the Sabbath day and we're entering the first day of the week. It says in 16, when the Sabbath was over, again, the Sabbath is a day of rest proclaimed by God. No work allowed on the Sabbath day. You've got to kind of watch what you do on the Sabbath day. When, when that day was over and the, the restrictions were lifted is the moment we're setting out in. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome, who some people think was named Mary Salome. So Mary, Mary, and Mary, quite contrary. Um, sorry. Shouldn't give me a microphone. Uh, Mary, Mary and Salome, these disciples or followers of Jesus, women who had watched Jesus and followed Jesus and heard him teach and believed in Jesus, they were friends with Jesus. These women that meant, Jesus meant so much to. It says they brought spices so they could anoint him. So what we see happening is. Early in the morning, we're about to learn, on the first day of the week, Mary, Mary, and Salome decided they were going to go and they were going to bury their friend Jesus. Uh, can, I, can I just say that again? Because I need you to hear that. They were going to bury their friend Jesus. They, they weren't looking for like a resurrection party. 
The spices were there to anoint the body. In this culture, they didn't bury bodies like we do. Like, we'll dig a hole and then put you in a box and put you in a hole. And, you know, you've been there. Uh, And in this culture, they would actually bury people above ground in these tombs, these ossuaries, these kind of hewn-out stone areas. And there was usually one bed area in there. And they would wrap you up in linens and they would anoint your body because nature does what nature does, right? And they would like put you in there and then they would seal that up so things can't get in and smells can't get out. They would, they would do that. And then as you did your thing and nature did its thing and then all that was done, they would come back and they would collect what was left and like put you in a little box and put you on the mantle or something like that. And this is what they thought they were going to do. We've, we've had a couple couple days now in between the death of Jesus and the Sunday morning and they've not had the ability to do what was right by their friend Jesus now I don't know if you can imagine this with me or not but these women had just seen Jesus crucified like in crucifixion we we don't even get the full grasp of it some of you have seen the passion of the Christ and I just want you to know that's the toned down version of what actually the Bible describes happened to Jesus it says he was beaten beyond the point of recognition as those uh, the cat of nine tails ripped into his flesh you could see things that flesh is meant to carry if you know what I mean you wouldn't look at Jesus and think that he was Jesus you may not even look at him and think that he's a person And then they took that and they stretched him out on a cross and they drove nails into him, placed a crown of thorns deep in his brow, and they lifted him up between heaven and earth and let gravity do the work. Jesus, these women had watched Jesus not only be beaten and nailed, but suffocate to death on his own blood. And these women were not expecting to find Anything other than that Jesus in the tomb. So you have the grief of, we just lost our friend, compounded with the grief of, and now he's laid there for a while, and we haven't been able to do what we need to do. And it says, under that mentality, they got up very early in the morning. Probably as early as possible because of the Sabbath. They got up very early in the morning, and it says this was on the first day of the week, which is Sunday on our calendar, and they went to the tomb at sunrise, or or got to the tomb around sunrise when it was light enough to see where they were. And it says on the way to the tomb, Mark lets us in on their conversation. He says, they were saying to one another, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb for us? First of all, these women, they didn't know the guard had been set. They didn't know these, these muscly soldier men standing there. So they weren't expecting someone to be there to be able to move the stone. And, and they were so concerned about burying their friend Jesus, they didn't think to say, hey, we're probably going to need some people to move this rock. They just knew they needed to get to their friend Jesus, and they were going to figure out how to get in there when they get there. So they're on the way down the road, and they're like, how are we going to get in the tomb? Who's going to move the stone? Do you think we can move the stone? Because there's just three of us, and we probably can't move the stone. It took like seven guys to get the stone in place, and we're just three. I don't know if we're going to be able to do this. We'll figure it out when we get there. And it says, when they got there in four, they looked up, or looking up, they observed that the stone, Mark tells us, editorial notes, which was very large, had been rolled away. The stone, which was 
real big, hard to move. The wind didn't just push it across. Had been rolled away. Now, see, we have the luxury of knowing this story, and I've been around 32 years, and I've heard it at least 32 times, but I'm an adventurer. It's been a lot more than that. And we know kind of how this is going to go down, so we're looking at it hindsight. These women are living it in the moment. They didn't sit down and read Mark before they went to the tomb. Also, Mark didn't even know. Or Mark probably would have went to the tomb. But they get there and they see this and they're not thinking, yes, he's alive, Jesus is alive. You could see the conversation on the way there. They weren't thinking about like, hey, do you think he's going to be resurrected? He's probably going to be resurrected. When we get there, he's going to be resurrected. They were like, there's a stone in the way. We need to get in and bury our friend Jesus. So they get there. The stone's rolled away. I don't know where the guards are. Not there. Out. The stone's been rolled away. And the first thought in their brain is not, hey, I bet he's alive. There's a lot of concern that would have came in these moments. There's some fear that would have came in these moments. There's a whole heap of worry that would have came in these moments. You're like, well, how how do you know that, Brad? Well, because if we went to the graveyard today and found a hole where one of your loved ones was supposed to be and it was all dug out, you probably wouldn't start looking around like, oh, where's Bill? Right? Oh, he's probably walking around over here somewhere. He's been dead like 12 years now. But he, like, that's not how our brains work, right? Because dead is dead. That's all we've ever experienced. Like once it's dead, it's dead. That's all we know. That's what we know of how it works down here. And that's what they know of how it works down here. So the stone was rolled away. And they're thinking, man, something has happened to Jesus. Don't know if it's grave robbers. Don't know if somebody's got in there and they've taken the body. I don't know what's happened, but it wasn't us and it wasn't Mark. Something's happened to Jesus. So it says they went in the tomb. It was probably more of like rushed in the tomb. Nobody goes in tombs if you're just sitting around thinking about it first. It says, so they entered the tomb and they saw in that moment a young man. It wasn't just any young man. The Bible describes him. He says he's dressed in a long white robe and he's sitting on the right side. News flash, kind of spoiler alert, this guy's an angel. And it says, when they saw him, they were amazed and they were alarmed. When they saw this man, they were amazed, but they were also alarmed. Now, this makes a lot of sense if you know how it works with angels in the Bible. Anytime we see an angel, somebody's picking themselves up off the ground. Like, people are scared of angels. They're not those little cute little girls that we have in, like, all the Christmas plays with the blonde hair and the little wings. It's not them. They're not the little babies in the diapers with the little harp. That's not them. Angels are, like, making the Roman soldiers run away kind of angels, like killing 150-something thousand Assyrians with just one guy kind of angels. And here's this young man angel sitting on the side of the bed, and it's a little freaky. So they're afraid. They, they, they tremble. But I think probably also by now they've caught kind of sight of the place where Jesus is supposed to be. And there's an issue. Jesus is not there. See, if he's on the right side, we've got to see the place to acknowledge he's on the right side. And what we see about the place is there's not anybody in the place where it's supposed to be. 
So it says they were amazed and they were alarmed. Alarmed is a fancy word meaning scared. And the angel looks at them in this moment, sensing what's going on, sensing how they feel. And he says to them, don't be alarmed. There's an invitation here to not be afraid. He says, you don't have to be afraid. This is not a place of fear. We're not down in the hole today being afraid. You, you can check your fear at the door. Now, I love what the angel didn't say, don't you? Because that's just as important as what he did say. He said, don't be afraid, but look what he didn't say. He didn't say, don't be amazed. I'm going to say that again because I'm saying it to church people, and I realize we've heard this a million times, and we're not amazed. And he looks at all the church people in the room, and the thing that he doesn't say is not, hey, don't be amazed. I know you've heard this like 32 times, and, and you know the resurrection, and you know the cross, and you know all the mighty miracles of God. They're just not that big of a deal anymore. He doesn't say that, does he? Actually, when he says, don't be afraid, he is in fact saying, but you keep on being amazed. You, you be amazed. This is an amazing thing to be in the empty tomb. This is an amazing spot to be in today. This is a place where miracles are made today in the empty tomb. Come on in and look and be amazed at the empty tomb is what he's saying. Now, I'm guilty of this. I'll say it. I'm guilty of this. I've heard the story of the empty tomb so many times. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, Jesus is alive. Aren't you? Like even coming in this morning, like we might have woke up and we were like, oh, yeah, it's Easter. But we just really, we weren't as pumped about Easter today as we were yesterday, probably. We were singing the songs. We were like, yeah, he's alive, he's alive. But it was like, yeah, he's alive. Man, if we as people that have entered this tomb are guilty of anything, it's we are not, in fact, amazed at the mighty miracle that God did in an empty tomb. And this angel's looking at these women, and he's looking at us today, and he's like, some of you guys need to learn what it feels like to just unhinge your jaw a little bit and just stand in awe of what God did in the empty tomb. See, here, here's, here's why I know that, that we're not. Because if we went down to like, I said St. Mary's earlier, but that's not like a thing that's dated now. Uh, if we went down to Fort Sanders today, that's still around, right? Is Fort Sanders still a thing? Yeah. Um, if we went down to Fort Sanders today, and we like rolled up in the morgue, and we expected to see a loved one that had passed, and they just pulled out the table, and they're like, oh, they're not there. They checked out about 6 o'clock last night. Well, what do you mean they checked out? No, they just, I don't know, they just started breathing and got up off the table and said they were leaving. They weren't dead anymore, so I wouldn't keep them here. They're, they're alive. We would be shocked and amazed, right? Like, that would be headline news like all over the planet today. There was somebody who was dead and now they're alive. Right? Like that's, that's what we would talk about. We, we would immediately leave that place and we would call everybody we're related to. Hey, hey, Bill is, is alive. Yeah, I know. We were at his funeral just the other day. But like he's alive right now. And I'm, I'm like trying to hunt him down. The, the nurse said he checked out and he's not there. We pulled out like every one of those things and he's not in there. I don't know where he is. He's, he's, he's not there. He's, he's alive. And then they would get on the phone and they would get on the phone and they would get on the phone. And they would get on the phone. CNN, Fox News. They would call you. Wait. Would be at your house in just a few hours and you'd be on Channel 6 News. Like that's how that would work. And you'd be so shocked because that's not what we know. Because all that we know and all that they know is death is just done, right? And Jesus said, no. 
Death is not the end for you. Death is not done for you. Death is actually just done. Death is done. Like we're, do, we're done with death. And that would be like everything that we could talk about. And we'd be so in awe of that. We'd be so like shocked by that. We would be so in disbelief by that because it is a mighty miracle of God what happened in the empty tomb. Actually, it's so miraculous. One person did it one time and it's never been duplicated. No one before Jesus did that, and no one after Jesus has done that. Like, we don't have the ability to do that. That's specifically a son of God thing. And the angel looks at these people, and he's like, why are you not amazed? Come on, get the jaw down with me today. Let's be amazed at the empty tomb. There is something amazing happening in an empty tomb today. And I know we've heard it a million times, but if it's not exciting for you, maybe you've been in the wrong tomb. But in the empty tomb, there's something to be amazed by. And he looks at the women, and he's like, hey, check your fear at the door, check your doubt at the door, check all that stuff. It stays out there. There's no space for that in the empty tomb, because in the empty tomb, hope is here. Life is here. There's something amazing happening in the empty tomb, because if Jesus can do it, maybe somebody else can do it, and I want to know how. I'm going to say that again. If Jesus can do it, maybe somebody else can do it, and I want to know how. That's the headline of the empty tomb today. Jesus is alive. He's alive today. And the reason he says put all the other problems at the door, we're going to have to go back out the door, and we may pick up some of those things, is in that moment where Jesus is alive, anything is possible. Because the impossible has already been possible with God. And if the impossible is possible with God, then my impossible also, in fact, is possible with God. See, the amazing thing is, when Jesus got up out of death, he said, hey, death is not that big of a deal anymore. When Jesus was, had all the sin and the guilt and the shame of the whole world laid on him, and all that weight crushed him, and then he just erupted up out of that when he came out of the tomb, he's like, sin? Nah, it's not that big of a deal anymore. I've defeated that. And death, it's defeated. And hell's defeated. And the grave's defeated. Your shame, your guilt, they're all defeated. And they may meet you at the door and whisper in your ear, but that's when you just come back in the tomb and look at the table because Jesus is alive. And in the place of the impossible where God made it possible, everything is possible. So yeah, we got issues. There's stuff that we don't like about our life. There's stuff that's going on that we don't prefer. And sometimes it feels like everything's shaking and falling apart. And that's what we need to stamp back on. Number one on the newsletter today, Jesus is alive. Death is defeated. And if death is defeated, he can defeat anything that you need defeated today. So we choose today to focus on Jesus is alive. Let's say it again. We choose today to focus on Jesus is alive. We got issues, and they don't just crumble in that, but they look a lot less when they're maybe number two or page number seven, don't they? And if on the front of the paper today we can have Jesus is alive, and then we can prioritize all those other things in our life under those headlines, what we're going to see is God does impossible things, and nothing is impossible with God. So the angel says, yeah, let's just, let's just be in awe for a minute. You don't need any of that other stuff. Come up in this tomb and just be in awe for a minute of the impossible that is possible with God. So he says, don't be alarmed. He told them and then he starts 
is talking to him. He's like, hey, um, you, you looking for Jesus? Can you imagine this conversation? I think he's a pretty cool angel, so I'm going to play with my hair while I do it. But He's like, you looking for Jesus? You don't talk to angels. Mm-hmm. And he's like, let me, let me get more specific, because there's a lot of Jesuses in Jerusalem. I don't want you to think you're in the wrong place or you rolled up to the wrong tomb. We need to make sure you're in the, you got the right address here. You're looking for Jesus, yes. Uh-huh. The Nazarene, you're looking for Jesus from Nazareth, right? Because that's going to drop the category some. Nazareth's a little bitty place. Maybe still more Jesuses than one there. He says, you're looking for Jesus. And they're like, yeah, the one from Nazareth, yeah. And he goes, the one who's crucified. Well, just the other day, he's hanging on a tree. You know, the, the Jesus that they put the nails in? Is the, the Jesus you're looking for, the one with the crown of thorns? Is that the Jesus you're looking for, the one that was beaten beyond recognition? The one that, the one that was wrapped and placed in this hole? Is that the, is that the Jesus you're looking for, the one, you, the one you saw quit breathing? That, that's the Jesus you're looking for. I just want you to know today you're in the right place. Is that the Jesus? Not Jesus from Jericho. You looking for the Nazarene? One that was crucified? Listen to what he says. Oh, he's been he's been resurrected. He says, Oh yeah, you're in the you're in the right spot. This is in fact the correct hole in the cave. You came to the right tomb today. This is the tomb that they did lay Jesus, the Nazarene, that was crucified in. That, that, that's, that's the one. You're here. But if you wanted Jesus, you should have come earlier. Because you're in the right place, but you're here in the wrong time. See, he was here yesterday. But just this morning, he, he resurrected. And then one of them was like, well, this is awkward. Um, I have a question. What does resurrected mean? See, the angel's inventing vocabulary in the tomb. Because you don't need a word for something until it exists, right? And at this point in time, there's never been a resurrection before. So Mary, Mary, and other Mary were probably a little confused. What, what, is, what is this resurrection? What, what, is re, what is a resurrection? I don't know what a resurrection is. Can you just help me out here? Like, what, what do you mean he's been resurrected? And the angel's like, oh, yeah, sorry. Um, that is when you were, in fact, dead. But you're just not anymore. Jesus was dead, but now he's alive. It's not like the word for resurrected doesn't mean he was asleep and now he's alive or he fainted and now he's alive. It means that he was dead, quit breathing, seemed like game over, and then it all of a sudden wasn't game over and now he's alive. And the women are like, what are you talking about? And the angel's like, guys, he was dead, but he's not dead anymore. He's been resurrected. Isn't that amazing? And when the women are amazed, that's why the, the angel says, go ahead and be amazed. I'm about to tell you some amazing things that have happened in this place while you were resting. Jesus is alive. He's not here. 
This is where dead people stay. And Jesus, in fact, is not a dead people anymore. He was here while he was dead, but now he's not. And he doesn't need this tomb anymore. Tell Joseph he can have it back if he wants it. Jesus used it, and now he's done with it. He doesn't need a tomb. Because he's alive. You came to the right spot today. But if you wanted a dead Jesus, you should have been here a couple days ago because he ain't dead anymore. He's alive. So he says he's been resurrected. He is not here. But then he does this amazing thing. He says, but, hey, but before you go, um, come down here and, and see the place where they put him. Come on in. That's what he says. Step in to the space of the empty tomb. Come on into the space of the resurrection place is what he's saying. Get, get down in here. Come look at the table. You, you can sit on it. You, you want to lay down? It's early. You want to take a nap? Come, come, come check out the space of the resurrection place is what the angel invites him to. Here's why I love that. The angel through a closed tomb door doesn't shout from the inside, take my word for it, Jesus is alive. He doesn't stand in the doorway and kind of block and be like, oh yeah, Jesus is alive. Just, I'm not moving, but look over my shoulder. Jesus is there. He's, he's alive. He sets down on the bed and he invites him in. He says, come, come, take, a close, come take a close look. Come get down in here. Can I just say to you, that there's no smoke and mirrors with God. I think some of us think if we have questions about the Bible, just push them back in our brains, pretend like they're not real questions. God's not afraid of your questions. Some of us think it sounds silly to talk about the miracles of the Bible. God's not afraid that it sounds silly. Because every single time somebody really investigates the Word of God, what they find is it's always true. How do you know that? Well, it's been like, what, 2,000 years since Jesus died? Nobody's ever produced a body. Nobody's ever been able to actually rationally argue that he didn't. The Pharisees, Sadducees, they could have killed this whole thing by just rolling Jesus out. But here we are, 2,000 years later. Tons of people have tried to disprove the gospel, and they're all in a hole right now, and Jesus isn't. So God's not afraid of questions. He's not afraid of anything. And that's why he says, come, come look, come investigate, come to the resurrection place, come sit down on the table. You want to see if it lifts up just to make sure Jesus isn't in there? Like you, you do anything you want to in the resurrection place. So lay down, take a nap, it doesn't matter to me. Feel around, whatever you need to do, you take as much time as you need and look around. See, the amazing thing about the empty tomb is they didn't roll the stone away so that Jesus could get out. 
They rolled the stone away so the women could get in. Come down in this place and see the miracle that God has done here. Jesus walks through walls. He doesn't need somebody to move a stone out of the way. It's us who need somebody to move a stone out of the way. And when they were questioning who's going to move the stone, God said, I already got that taken care of, ladies. You just got to keep walking. You just got to show up. I've moved the stone. You just come down the steps and you come right up into the space of the resurrection place and you see the miracle that God has done in these moments. And I don't know how long they stayed there. I've no idea if it was seconds or minutes, hours, days, probably not days. But I believe God gave them as much time as they needed to be convinced that there is no Jesus in this tomb. But I love what happens next. Because God didn't just say, you know what, just sit down and live in this tomb. God doesn't intend for us to be in a tomb either. We can go look. We can investigate. We can check it out. We can go and see the place where Jesus lay. But at some point in time, we got to leave the place where Jesus lay. And tell this amazing story about the awesome glory of God. And this amazing moment becomes the propelling place, the the sending place. For these women to leave and to tell the story of God. Listen to what happens. He says, he's not here. Come and look at the place. But then the angel continues to talk. And he says, but you now go. But go. Get out. This place isn't meant to be lived in. you got, you got to get up out of here. you got to sometime ascend the steps and get up out of the tomb yourself. At some point in time, you have to leave this place where death used to exist. And you have to go out of here. See, the empty tomb is the sending place of the church. It's the place where all the mission of God launches out of. See, we think sometimes it's the cross. No, the cross is the place of forgiveness. The empty tomb is the place of propulsion towards the plan of God. And in these moments, the angel looks and he says, Hey, 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 are you done looking yet? Because we got something to do. We got work to do. You got to go. You got to get out of here. Because I've got something for you to do. That's true for every one of us today that knows Jesus, by the way. That wasn't a commission for Mary, Mary, and maybe Mary. That wasn't just for them today. And it wasn't just for the disciples today. And it's not just for some preacher today. It's anybody that's been in the empty tomb today and seen the miracles of God and experienced the space of the resurrection place. This angel's looking across history today. And he's saying, hey, when you get done, when you've seen it, when you're convinced, when you know it, man, you're going to be galvanized to step into the plan of God. And you got to go. Because every person has to know what's taking place in this resurrection space. But look at what he says. He says, hey, just take your time. When you get done, I want you to go. 
And I want you to tell the disciples and Peter. It's on the page. Read it. Go tell the disciples and Peter. Now, it makes sense, right? Like, obviously, go tell the disciples. Those are Jesus' guys. Like, that's the, that's the guys that had hung out with Jesus, and they, they should be looking for the, the, the resurrection. They're going to be excited about this news. Like, that makes sense. But here's what's crazy to me. Peter here is in a separate category. And Peter, he, he's a disciple. Last time I checked, right? Jesus rolled up on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, and he called that guy right out of a boat. He said, come on. Follow me, and I'll make you a fisher of men. And Peter went eagerly, right? Dropped the nets, left the boat, left the business, left the family. He come after Jesus. And Peter, yeah, he, he, he was the first one to proclaim Jesus as the Messiah. He's like, man, I see you. You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he was the only one other than Jesus in all of history that's got to experience walking on water. Peter done some amazing things. You with me? What I love about this is not that Peter's done some amazing things, but if you think with me just for a few moments... The last couple days of Peter's life are nothing he's proud of. You know the last thing ever, Jesus, Peter ever said in Jesus' earshot? Man, I don't know that guy. No, I don't know him. No, I'm telling you right now, I don't know him. And then they beat him and they hung him on a tree. And you don't think for days now that's been resounding in Peter's brain. I left him. I ran from him. He needed me and I got up and I walked out the door. I shut the door on Christ. He needed me and I said, I don't want anything to do with him. He needed me and I was scared and I ran. For the last few days, he's probably had shame from that and guilt from that. And he's probably been balled up in a corner somewhere. And before Jesus walked out of that grave, he said, Angel, when they get here, you make sure when they're telling the disciples, they find Peter. And they tell him, I'm alive. Can you imagine that? Peter's worst moments, his worst days, and Jesus is saying, you go get Peter. And you bring him in this place. Because there is space and grace in my resurrection place. Jesus today is still inviting the disciples 
who are beat down by the world in fear and doubt to step in and take a look. But I want you to know without a shadow of a doubt today, he's still looking for some Peters. Those people that have shut the door and run. Those people that have turned their back. Those people that have thrown up their hands and said, I've quit. Those people not living in their proudest moments. Christ is still saying today, there is space and grace for you in my resurrection place. You too can descend the steps into an empty tomb. And you still too can look at the mighty miracles of God. And you still too need to know that God does impossible things because nothing is impossible with God. And He can draw anybody back from from anything, and he's inviting everybody into this space of the resurrection place. So I don't know what we got going on, and I don't know really very many people's stories, but I know that our God is that same God today. And it doesn't really matter who you are and what your story is. And it doesn't really matter today at the empty tomb what you've done. Because all that is washed away in the grace of the resurrection place. And Jesus today is inviting all of us to step back into that place of awe and wonder at the impossible things that just aren't very impossible with God. So in a minute, we're going to pray. And if that's your story, I just want you to hear today God saying you can come. It's not me saying you can come. It's, it's God saying, Angel, you tell those ladies, you tell them to go find Peter. To grab a hold of him and to, to shake him till he sees it. You tell Peter that Jesus is alive and he's invited. They find Peter, by the way. It says Peter comes running. Peter's so overjoyed by the fact that Jesus would have anything to do with him after those moments, he comes running. And he looks down in that tomb. And I think he checks all that history and baggage at the door. Because what he sees is Jesus isn't here. And he wanted me to know. So today, if that's you, I'm going to pray in just a moment. I'm going to ask you to pray. But for the rest of us, that same charge this morning. We're going to leave and step into this world. And everybody's celebrating Easter. And everybody needs to know what happened. And we know the story. For so many of us, we're surrounded by people that are hurting and broken, beaten and, and worn down by this world. And they need to know you don't have to live in that anymore. That You can check that at the door as you step into the space of the resurrection place. Shame is not allowed in the tomb. 
but you are. Fear, oh, you got to check that at the door if you're going to come in the tomb because it's not allowed, but you are. All that worry, you can pile it up outside the door if you want, but you got to step down into the tomb. It's awesome in here. Because in this place, Jesus is alive. Death is defeated. And hope is born. Let's pray.